Ashley Brock reading Diane Palmer for Alexander Chapter 8. The minute she got to her apartment, Jody grabbed the phone and called Alexander. Can you come by right away? Jody asked him. He hesitated. To your apartment? Why? She didn't know if her phone might be bugged. She couldn't risk it. She sighed there like that. Because I'm wearing a see-through gown with a row of probiotics pinned to the hem. Jody, he sounded shocked. Listen, I have something to tell you. She said firmly. He hesitated again and then he went, I can't right now. He's on the phone, Alex, came a sulky voice from somewhere in the background. Jody didn't need to ask who the voice belonged to. Her heart began to race with an important. Sorry, I'm interrupting. She said flatly, I'm sure you carry out lots to talk about. She hung up, then unplugged the phone. So much for any feelings Alexander had for her. He was already seeing Carrie again along alone at his apartment. No doubt he was only seeing Jody to avert suspicion at Riddle Oil. The sweet talk was to ally any suspicion that he was using her. Why hadn't she realized that the cobs were always using her for one reason or another? She was being a fool again, despite what he said, it was obvious now that Alexander had no interest in her except a pawn. Fought down tears, went to her computer. Might as well use some of her expertise to check out Miss Cara Dominguez and see if the woman had a rap sheet with a silent apology to the local law enforcement departments. She acted in the criminal files and checked her out. What she found was interesting enough to take her mind off Alexander. It seemed that Cara didn't have a lily white past at all. In fact, she'd once been arrested for possession with a tent of distributor cocaine and had managed to get the charges dropped. Besides that, she had some very odd connections internationally. It was hinted in the records of an international law enforcement agency whose files gave away to her expertise also that her uncle was one of the Colombian drug lords. Corner to Alexander knew that. Would he care? He was with Carrie. Damn Carrie! She threw a plastic cup coffee cup at the wall in impotent rage just as it hit there was a buzz at the intercom she glowered at it but the color was insistent she pushed him yes she has to take let me in alex anderson took are you alone she asked him barely contained sarcasm in more ways than my real eyes he replied his voice deep and so do let me in jody she buzzed him in with helpless reluctance and waited at her open door for him to come out of the elevator he was still in his suit and looked elegant Expensive and very irritated, walked into the department ahead of her and went straight to the kitchen. I was going to take you out to eat when Carrie showed up in tears and begged to talk to me. He said, Heavenly, examining pots until he found out that they contain, contained a nice beef stew. He got a bowl out of the cupboard and produced a filler and a cornbread. He asked wistfully, having sniffed it when he entered the apartment. It's only just getting done, she said, reaching around him for a pot holder. She opened the oven and produced a pone. I'm hungry, he said. You're always hungry, she accused, but she was feeling better. <sighs> he caught her by the shoulders and pulled her against him, tilting her chin up so that he could see into her mutinous eyes. I don't want Carrie, I said that, and I mean it. Even if you didn't, you couldn't say so, she muttered. You need me to help you smoke out your drug smuggler. Do you really think I'm that sort of man? He asked his own I'll admit that Margie and I don't have a good track record with you. But I draw the line of pretending in motion. I didn't feel just to crack cooks. She shifted restlessly and didn't speak. No ego, he means watching. None at all. Can't see right under your nose. <laughs> My chin. And no, I can't see it. He chuckled, pinning the kisser briefly. Fiercely, feed me. Then we might watch television together for a while. I'll be working most evenings during the week. 
or Friday night when you go see a movie or something. All right, get it. a movie. Or we go bowling. I used to like it. Her mind was spinning. He actually wanted to be with her. But cold reality worked his way between them. You haven't asked why I wanted you to come over. Shooting in as he started for the table. No, I haven't. Why? He asked, pouring himself a cup of freshly brewed coffee. Except in a dish of cornbread from her. Put coffee and cornbread at her place at the table. Put butter next to it before she sat down and gave Alexander a mischievous mouth. Kara talked Brody into letting her into the warehouse parking lot after hours tomorrow, about 6.30 in the evening. She said she wanted to park her car there, let it sound thin to me. He got it. Jody, you're a wonder. <laughs> That's not all. She added, some coffee and added more kingdom. She was arrested at the age of 17 for possession with intent to distribute cocaine, and she got off because the charges were dropped. There's an unco- unconfirmed suspicion that her uncle was one of the top Colombian drug lords. Where did you get that? I can't tell you, sorry. You've hacked into some poor soul's protective files, haven't you? Yes, certainly, but what's weekly on? I can't tell you. Sure, okay, I give up. He hates doing cornbread with obvious enthusiasm. Then I guess you and I will go on a stakeout tomorrow night. She smiles my Yes. And your boss has borrowed security car because my cousin is visiting and we can't neck it in the apartment. I told Brody that. And he'll take a car on that. So we'll see near my office. They won't think a thing about it. <sighs> Share genius. Who you studying? Like I said, you're natural for law enforcement work. You got to get your expert computer certification, change professions, Jody. You're wasting it in personal work. In personnel work. Human resource work, too, mining. New label, same job. <laughs> Maybe so. They finish their supper in pleasant silence. And she puts a small loaf. A pound cake for dessert with peaches and whipped cream. If I ate here often, I'd get fat. He murmured. He laughed. Not likely. The cake was made with margarine and reduced fat milk. Made rolls the same way, except with white olive oil in place of margarine. I don't want clogged arteries before I'm 30, she added. And I especially don't want to look like I used to. <sighs> he smiled. I like the way you used to look. He said surprising. I like you anyway at all, Jody. He continued on. That hasn't changed. She didn't know whether or not to trust him, and it showed in her face. It's going to be a long season. She said it immediately. Later, they curled up together on the couch to watch the evening news. It was a brief allusion to a drug smuggling catch by U.S. Customs in the Gulf of Mexico. Showing the helicopters they used to catch the first little boats used in smuggling. Those boats go like the wind, Jody remarked on. They do indeed. He yawned. They do indeed. The Colombian... National Police was an operation that was building a submarine for drug smuggling a couple years ago. That's incredible! Some of the smuggling methods are too, like the tunnel under the Mexican border that was discovered and having little children swallowing balloons filled with cocaine to get them through customs. That's barbaric, she said he caught it. It's a profitable business. Greed makes animals men sometimes, and a woman too. She cuddled closer. It isn't Brody you were after, is it? It's his girlfriend. He chuckled and wrapped her up in You're too sharp for me. <laughs> I learned from an expert. She said, lifting her eyes to his handsome face. Looked down at her gently for a few seconds before he bent to her mouth. began to kiss her hungrily. Her arms slid up around his neck. She held on to dear life as, his kiss, as the kiss devoured her. Finally, he lifted his head, put her away from him with his mouth. No more of that tonight, he said, husky. 
most fortunate. You're the one with the con your conscience, honey. You know what I mean? I'm willing, but you're never going to live it down. I probably wouldn't. She could but her eyes were misty and wistful. He pushed back her. Don't look like that. He said, it isn't in the world. I like you the way you are, Jody. Hang ups and all, okay? She smiled, okay. And I'm not sleeping with Carrie. She smiled, grew larger. He kissed the tip of her nose and got up. I've got some preparations to make. I'll pick you up tomorrow at 6.20 sharp, and we'll park at the warehouse in the undercover car. He asked it might be better if I had a female agent in the car with me. No, you don't, she said firmly, getting to her feet. This is my stakeout. You wouldn't even know where to go or when, but it wasn't for me. True, but it could be very dangerous, he had a grimace. I'm not afraid. All right, he said finally, but you'll stay in the car and out of the line of fire. Whatever you say, she agreed at once. The warehouse parking lot was deserted. The night watchman was visible in the doorway of the warehouse. So he opened the door to look out. He did that twice. He's in on it, Alexander said coldly. Folding Jody closer to them, he knows they're coming and he's watching for them. No doubt. Out! She reached under her hookcase. It's a small hard object in his compartment. What is that? Another gun? <laughs> another self. Another cell phone, he said. I have to. I'm leaving one with you in case you see something I don't while I'm inside. He added, indicating a cell phone he placed on it. You do have backup, she murmured. Yes, my whole team. They're well concealed, but they're in place. <laughs> Thank goodness he shifted her in his arm so that he could look to the his left at the warehouse wife, apparently kissing her. Your heart is going very fast, she murmured under his cool lips. Adrenaline, he murmured. I live on rushes of it. I can never settle for a nine-five desk job. She smiled against his mouth. I don't like it much either. He nuzzled her cheek. Was his just as the car drove past him toward the warehouse? He hesitated for a few seconds and then sped on. That's Brady's car, she and that one following it. He asked, indicating a small red hardtop convertible, some expensive foreign make. Kara, amazing that she can afford a Ferrari and 35000 a year, he mused, considering that her mother is poor. I was thinking the same thing, she murmured. Kiss making. No time, honey. He pulled out a two way radio. All units stand by. Target in motion. Repeat target in motion. Stand by. Several voices took turns asserting the readiness. Alexander watched his Brody's car suddenly reappear and then he drove away. Gates to the warehouse closed behind his car. He paused near Alexander's car again and drove off down the road. As soon as he was out of sight, a van came into sight. Car approached at the parking lot entrance, inserted a car key into the lot, opened the gate, and motioned the van forward. The gate then closed again. But remained open. Alexander gave it time. Alexander gave it time to get to a loading dock and its occupants next to the cab. Began to open the rear doors before he turned out. Took out the walkie-talkie. All units move in. I repeat, all units move in. We are good to go. He took the cell phone from the dash, put it into Josie. You sit right here with the doors locked. Don't move until I call you on that phone and tell you it's safe. Under no circumstances would you come into the parking lot, okay? She nodded. Okay. Don't get shot. She added, I don't plan to. See you later. He got out of the car and went toward a building next door to the warehouse. He was joined by another figure in black. They went down an alley together out of sight. Jody slid down into her seat so that only her eyes and the top of her head were visible in the concealed darkness. 
barely lit by a nearby streetlight. She waited with her heart pounding in her chest for several minutes until she heard a single gunshot. There was a pandemonium in the parking lot. Dark figures ran to and fro. More shots were fired. Her heart jumped into her throat. She gritted her teeth, praying that Alexander wasn't in the line of fire. Then suddenly, she spotted him with another dark figure. They had two people in custody, a man and a woman. They were standing near another loading dock, apparently in conversation with the men. When Jody spotted a solitary figure outside the gates on the sidewalk, moving toward the open gate, the figure was slight, and it held what looked like an automatic weapon. She'd seen Alexander with one of those a rare time when he'd been arming himself for a drug bust. She had a single button to push to make Alexander's cell phone ring, but when she pressed in the number, nothing happened. The phone went dead in her hand. The man with the machine gun was moving closer to where Alexander and the other man stood with the prisoners, their backs to the gate. The key was in the car. She only saw one way to save Alexander. She got behind the wheel, cranked the car, put it in gear, and aimed it right for the armed man. It was now framed in the gate. She ran the car at him. He whirled at the sudden noise of an approaching vehicle. Started spraying at it with a machine gun fire. Jody ducked down behind the wheel, praying that the weapon didn't have bullets that would penetrate the engine block as easily as they shattered the windshield of the car she was driving. There was a loud thud. She had to stop the car because she couldn't see where she was going, but the windshield didn't catch any more bullets. Now she heard gunshots. It didn't sound like that of the small automatic her assailant was carrying. The door of the car was suddenly jerked open. She looked up, wide-eyed, panicking into Alex's white face. Jody, he groaned out, put the car out of here. She put it into park with trembling hands and cut off the ignition. Alexander dragged her out of it and began going over her with his hands, filling for blood. She was covered with little shards of glass. Her face was bleeding. So were her hands. She put them over. She put them over her face. The instant the man started shooting, slowly she began aware that Alexander's hands had a faint tremor as they searched her body. I'm okay, she said in a thin voice. Are you? <laughs> yes. And he rattled in it, but he was rattled in it showed. He was going to shoot you in the back. I told you to use the cell phone, he raged. It wouldn't work. He raged with Saturn and picked it up. His eyes closed. The batteries did. And stop yelling at me. He back at him. I couldn't let him kill you. He caught her up in his arms, bruisingly close, and kissed her furiously. Then he just held her, rocked her. Reverted her to his hard body with fear. You crazy woman. You bit off at her. You brave, crazy, wonderful woman. She held him too. Content now, safe now. Her eyes closed. It was over. And he was alive. Thank God. Let her go reluctantly as two other men came up, giving him curious looks. He's all right, he told him. Moving back home. There's a few cuts on the broken windshield. <laughs> That was one of the bravest things I've ever seen a woman do. One of the men, an older man with jet black hair and eyes, murmured. She drove right into the bullets. We'd be dead if she hadn't. The other man, equally dark-haired and dark-eyed, said with her, Thanks. You're welcome, she said with a sheepish smile. As she moved closer to Alexander. The car's a total write-off, the other man mused. Like you never told a car in a gun battle on her, Alexander said with a chuckle. The other management, maybe one or two, what the hell, the government doesn't want that money to be compensated from drug smugglers for police cars, you might ask your boss for the cute little Ferrari cop, already drive a Jaguar, he said back, with all due respects to Ferraris, I wouldn't trade it for anything else, <laughs> I helped make the bus, Jody complained, they should give it to me, <laughs> 
I wouldn't be too optimistic about that, came a droll remark from the second of the two men. I think Cobb's boss is partial to Italian sports cars, and he can't afford a Ferrari. <laughs> He's telling darn, Trudy said, I was like, just my luck. You should take her to the hospital and have her checked. I told her, she's bleeding. She could be dead from a stung like that, Alexander said with renewed anger. Izzy looked at her. That's no way to think a person for saving your life. Trudy pointed out, still riding on an adrenaline high. You're probably right. If you took a chance, you shouldn't have. <laughs> Alex Ingram, come on. We'll have to ride with one of my men. Your car might still be drivable, she said, looking at it. The windshield will shatter, but still clinging to the frame. Or maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> Alex Ingram, see you, Hunter. Lane, Take. thanks for the help. Any time, Hunter replied, and they walked back to for the warehouse with Alexander and Jody. Kobe Lane was in town overnight and bored to death, so we brought him along for the fun. Fun! Jordan explained the old man children. He leads a Monday 9 to 5 life. I've talked him into giving it up for international entry at Ritter Oil. I was just convinced the man named Kobe Lane said we were talking. Good. Tomorrow you can tell Riddle you'll take the job. See ya. See ya, cop. Sure thing. Sure thing. Who were those two guys you were talking to? Jody asked when the hospital treated her cuts and Alexander that could commandeered another car to take her home and Philip Hunter and Kobe Lane. You surely heard of Hunter. He's a local legend, she replied with small. But I didn't recognize him in that black garb. He's our security chief. Lane's doing the same job for the Hunter Hutton Corporation. But they're moving overseas, and he's isn't keen on going. So Hunter's trying to get him to come down here as his second-in-command at River Oil. Why was Mr. Lane here tonight? Probably just as Philip said. Lane just got into town, and Hunter volunteered him to help out. He and Hunter are old friends. He looked very dark. She coming in. They're both Apache, he said. Hunter's married to a knockout blonde geologist who works for Ritter. They have a young daughter. Lane's not married. They seem to know each other very well. <laughs> they have similar backgrounds in Black Ops, highest level covert operations. See, clarify. They used to work for the company. Not Riddle's company. She has a couple. No, not Riddle's. Did you ask Carr? Our Houston policewoman made the actual arrest so that Carr wouldn't know. I headed the operation. Carr was arrested along with two men. She swears she doesn't know, he replied. We had probable cause to do a search anyway, but I... I had a search warrant in my pocket, and I had to use it. We found enough, found enough cocaine in there to get a city high. The two men in the truck had some on them. How about Kara? She was clean. Now we have to connect her. He glanced at her apologize. That will mean getting your boss involved. However, innocently, he did let her into a locked parking lot. But wasn't the night watchman working for them? Couldn't he have let them in? He could have. I have a feeling Carl wanted Brody involved so that he'd be willing to do what she asked so that she didn't give him away for breaking a strict company rule. He replied, so expressions, don't worry, I won't let him be prosecuted. Thanks, Alexander. Bib closer and studied the cuts on her face and arms. You poor baby, he said, I wouldn't have had you hurt for the world. <laughs> We'd have been dead if I hadn't done something, she said manifestly. The phone went dead, and you were too far away to hear me if I yelled. Besides, she had a really trouble. I ain't going to funerals. Me do. He swept her close and kissed the breath out of her.
I have to go back to work, tie up loose ends. You'll need to come with me in the nearest police precinct and give the, a statement as well. You're a material witness. He hesitated. What's wrong, Chad? Car knows who you are, and she can find out where you live. He said, she's a vengeful witch. Chances are very good that she's going to make bond. I'm going to arrange some security for you. Do you think that's necessary? He nodded. I'm afraid it is. Would you like to know the estimate street value of the cocaine we just confiscated? Yes, from 30 to 35 million dollars. She whistled something. Now I understand. Now I understand why they're willing to kill people. And that's just one shipment, right? Just one, although it's usually it's unusually large. There's another drug smuggler investigation going on right now involving Colombian rebels, but I can't tell you about that one. It's top secret. Smooth back her hair. Looked at her as if she was a treasure trove. Thank you for what you did. You said after me, even if it was crazy, you saved my life. Not to mention lanes and honors. She reached up, a soft hand to smooth over his cheek, or a slightly rough from a dangerous man. You're welcome. But you would have done the same thing, but I've been near murdered. Yes, I'm afraid I would have. <laughs> he still looked worried. She tucked his head down, kissed him warmly. Her body. Exploding inside, Wendy half lifted her against him and kissed her until he lifted herself. I could have lost you tonight, he said. But, oh, I'm a weed, she murmured in her throat. We're very hard to uproot. <laughs> His arms tight. Just the same. You watch your back. If Brody asks what you know, and he will, you tell him nothing. He had, you were with me when things started happening, and you don't even know what was going on until bullets started flying. Right? Right. He sighed heavenly and kissed her one last time before he put her back on the road. I've got to go help the guys with the paperwork, he said reluctantly. I'd just rather be with you for tonight. Lock your doors and keep your freedom phone handy. If you need me, I'm a phone call away. Tomorrow you'll have security. I got a nice, big, heavy flashlight like the one you keep in your car. He told her, if anyone tries to get in, they'll get a headache. At least they have guns. He had to tell anybody to say that. Don't be overconfident. Never underestimate the enemy. She saluted him, took her face up, and kissed her heart. Incorrigible, he pronounced it. But I can't imagine life without you, so be cautious. I will, I promise. You have to promise, too. She had to give her a warm smile. Oh, I have my eye on the future, too. He should have. Don't plan to catch in my chips right now. I'll phone you tomorrow. Okay, good night. Good night. Lock this. He added when he went out the door. She did. Loudly. And he heard him, and heard him chuckle as he went down the hall. Once he was gone, she sank down into her single easy chair and shivered as she recalled the feverish events of the evening. She was alive. He was alive. But she could still hear the bullets feel the shattering of the windshields, followed by dozens of tiny, painful cuts on her skin. Even through the sweater she'd been wearing, it's amazing that she'd come out of a firefight with so few wounds. She went to bed, but she didn't sleep well. Alexander phoned her very early the next morning to check on her and tell her that he'd see her at lunch. She put on her coat and went to work, prepared for some comments from her co-workers, despite the fact that she was wearing a long-sleeve high-neck blouse. Nothing was going to hide the tiny cuts that lined her cheeks and chin. She knew better than to mention where she got them, so she made up a nasty fall down the steps of her apartment building, worked with everyone except Brody. He came in as soon as she turned on her computer, looking worried and said, 
Are you all right? He asked Beverly. I was worried sick all night. Or what? I looked was strange. How did you know? She told him. I had to go and bail Cara out of jail early this morning, said Chloe. She's been accused of drug smuggling. Can you imagine it? She was only parking her car with those lunatics open fire. End of chapter 8. <laughs>